Hello and welcome back to the O&M Stockroom. We're your hosts, Brian McGarry. And Ken O'Malley. Tonight is episode 20 of Complimentary Cinema. If you are new to our channel, Complimentary Cinema is a program where we review and discuss films you can watch for free that are available on YouTube. Please be warned that we review these films in detail, so consider this a full spoiler alert. So tonight's film is Troll Hunter from 2010, a Norwegian film. This was your pick tonight, Ken? That's correct. Uh, this was a quick look through the, the most popular free videos on YouTube, and this one immediately caught my eye because it was a giant troll-looking monster, and it just said Troll Hunter. And uh, I, I think the other one that we had in mind was like a, was another Western, which we'll probably do in the next few weeks, but... We haven't really done enough monster movies, and I thought it, you know, just seemed like seemed like the right vibe for tonight. Agreed, and also just the fact that like you couldn't tell what kind of movie it was. You know, Troll Hunter is it an action movie? Is it a uh, you know drama? Is it a you know what is it? Kind of open ended, you know, it could, you know, a little vague on that. So you just have a name to go by, right? So is it, we is uh, it was it a fantasy movie? You know, is it action? Is it is it psychological, cerebral? Is it suspense? And uh, what we ended up with was a found footage film that is also a foreign film uh, from Norway. Correct. I believe this is actually our first foreign film that we've ever covered on the channel. So that's kind of fun. And uh, so, yeah, so that's that film. So it came out about 10 years ago. The director is Andre Ovredal. I'm going to butcher all of these names because they're all Norwegian. Yeah, and I am not familiar with the uh, the pronunciations of anything. But this it's Andre with his name with is with an O with a big slash through it, which my math teacher in in college told me was meant null set. That's correct. So, uh, so we have director null set. Thank you, thank wow. you, Andre. Uh, let's see. So for our main cast of characters, we've got Otto Jesperson as Hans. Glenn uh, Tosterud as Tomas, or Thomas. Uh, Johanna Mork as Joanna. And uh, Tomas Larson as Kale. I think it was Kal. Kal, yeah. K-A-L-L-E. Uh, Ramilla Berg-Domas as Malika. Hans Hansen as Finn Haugen. And uh, we also had Torin Stokeland as Hilda, those are basically the the main players. Yes. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and give us a, a little rundown of the film. So yeah, it turns out at the beginning it's a found footage film, and they they put the text on there right away, very much like you know your Blair Witch Project or you know any other kind of found footage film that's supposed to be like, oh, this is real. This is the real. We found this, and this is you know. That, that immediately for me was, oh, no moment. Yes. We both groaned out loud. Like, did we make a terrible choice in picking this film? And I even said, can we handle this? Because I am not a big fan of found footage films. There's been a couple that have been okay. But even the good ones, I, it, it's, I've never watched them again. I'll put it that way. They don't really lend themselves to repeat viewings, that's for sure. Like, uh, And I was in high school when Blair Witch Project came out, and that was... That was like the, the first big found footage film that everyone got into. And I liked it. I enjoyed it at the time. It's not a movie that you go back and revisit. Nobody talks about that film today. Mm-hmm. It was a big deal in 1999. And now it's 
it seems like it's been completely forgotten about. And then you have Cloverfield, which came out a few years later and kind of the same thing. Cloverfield was never like a big deal in the Blair Witch sense, but it was a, it was a film that did well and made a lot of money. And again, nobody cares or talks about it today. Mm -hmm. So that definitely seems to be the running track record. So it's a fan footage film. Yeah. So it's, it's the story of these college kids that are trying to do a story on uh, what they think is a bear poacher because there's uh they're, I don't know if they're really activists, but they kind of like, you get that, that feeling they're trying to uh, get an interview with who this person might be. They think he's a poacher and you know, these bears keep getting found and they're killed um, in areas where maybe animals turned up missing or dead or, you know, people were killed by these, these wild animals, but apparently the government's supposed to keep track of them. So, you know, anyone who would kill a bear on their own, that would be illegal. So the beginning of the movie is just uh, kind of, they track this guy down who's, who's the hunter and they find his car and it's all beat to hell and there's scratches everywhere and he's got this beat beat up trailer that it's pulling it's amazing because when you first see the trailer and you realize that the guy lives in the trailer and then you look at his vehicle i you know the the trailer looks even worse than his gnarled up uh, transportation yeah it's like i kind of felt bad for him he's got some kind of like jeep you know off-roading kind of vehicle and it's got like a big roof rack on it he's got a bunch of gear full of gear all over it, all inside of it, and uh, he doesn't want to talk. So you know, the first thing these these it's basically there's the kind of reporter guy, then there's a camera person and the sound person, and that's our three college students, and then our subject is the the what they think is a poacher. Yeah. So our our alleged poacher is Hans, Otto Jesperson's character, uh, Thomas or Tomas. He is the uh, He's basically the host of the of the documentary, I guess, that they're making. Right. Uh, Joanne is the sound sound person, and Call or Kale is uh, played by Thomas. He's the he's the cameraman. Right. Who you see very little of in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since only, it's mostly shot from his perspective. Only when he sets the camera down, which is only a handful, not even a handful of time. It's very few. Very few. So anyway, the uh, the Hans doesn't want to get interviewed he doesn't you know he has nothing to say to the students but they keep following him so you know the first night they he, he only goes out at night to do whatever he's doing they go to follow him and they get to a fork in the road and they can't they don't know which way he went and you know he comes back the next day and they just keep watching him so the beginning of the movie is just like they're trying to figure out what's going on they try to interview other people there's like a, a wildlife management guy and uh just some other random people they try to interview and just not making any, any progress at all. And they, they keep following him from like, like little campsite to campsite, trying to get an interview with the guy, trying to see what he's doing. Yeah. And they follow him across ferries, you know, like into these other, like who the hell knows, like other towns. And the ferry part really cracked me up. So, you know, so, so Hans goes onto a ferry to go to another island or somewhere in Norway. And they follow him on the ferry and then they confront him on the ferry. You know, like, hey, we just want to ask you some questions. And I, uh, the whole thing f- f- made me feel uncomfortable and kind of cringy. It's like, 
you know, who are these pushy little brats to be following this guy? And it was kind of funny up until that point. Cause that's, they're just following like right behind him through, through the movie so far. And it's like, like what he's not looking at his mirrors and not seeing this ugly ass green little car, just following them. Yeah. Like just 20 feet behind for days on end. It's super obvious. And super obvious. They had the car at the campsite when they were watching him. So it's not like, you know, it's a surprise. It's the same car. Yeah. So he, he knows they're following him, but he's just, you know, he just ignores them and goes about his business. And then he, when he goes out at night, he he's able to lose them. Um, until eventually he doesn't. So uh, they go to a new campsite. They follow him out at night, and they're able to guess the right road he went down, and they're able to find his car. And uh, they go into the woods to try to look for him. And at this point, I'm like, okay, there's this guy that's a hunter that you think is poaching and doing illegal activity, and you're going to follow him into the woods at night. In the middle of absolutely nowhere. And he's going to kill all these kids and, you know, but that's not what this movie was about, thankfully. It, he did kind of give the vibe like he would be capable of such a thing. I mean, he wasn't like angry, angry at them. He just wanted to be left alone, you know? It wasn't like he was malicious towards them. He just was, you know. He kind of had the Igmar Bergman thing, you know, like the the disheveled man with like the turtleneck and existential crisis, but still keeping it together. That was kind of like this character a little bit, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I love characters like that. Yeah. A little bit of like, oh man, I, like I I have to be here, you know, like this is just, this is my life. <laughs> so they, uh, they, so yeah, so they follow him into the woods and then they hear some like growling and then you see like what looked like lightning flashes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looked like lightning flashes. You don't know what's going on. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, Hans comes running out of the woods and he just yells right into the camera, troll. And I laughed so hard because <laughs> it's just silly. It was funny. It was not exactly a scary moment, but it was a rele- uh, revelatory moment. Yeah. Because I mean, up until that point, we'd just been walking in the woods in the dark. It wasn't really spooky. A little bit of shaky cam going on, a little bit of out of focus, in focus, out of focus. Right. But uh, yeah, he, he yells troll, so they all start running. And uh, do we get a view, uh, look at it? That's that scene. No, 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 no. We the, just the, run away. The, at that, the, point. that first encounter, it's just lots of shakiness and yeah. So they wobbly cam, and then uh, they run back to the car. They're they're using Hans. Well, they, Hans they go, says, "I'll I'll give you a ride back to your car." And uh, when they get back to where their car was, it's just completely trashed and covered in goo. And it's destroyed. The wheels are all gone. Uh, Just completely eaten up. And uh, Thomas, the host of the uh, little camera crew, he's he's all gotten sliced up in the back and has tears in his jacket. And uh, Mr. Hans does a very, very gentlemanly job of patching him up and then duct taping his jacket for him. Yeah, he gives him a te- he gives him a tetanus shot. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So, yeah, and then he's, you know, so he, the, the the car is destroyed, and then I, I can't quite remember what happens well, after that. But so then, he says, we'll just get in the car, and we'll, we're, we're driving back. They get a little bit further, they have to stop again. And that's when uh, I think they, they see it in the woods. There were so many instances where we... we or was that not till later? It, it kind of, I think that was till later. I think that was it, that same night. Because they have to strike the deal first. 
well, not necessarily a deal, but they, they agree that, Hey, he finally just relents. Cause you know, they're like, Oh my God, we'd yeah. love to, we'd love to film you and watch what you do. And he's Hans finally just gives in. He's like, all right, fine. If you guys agree to do everything I say and do exactly what I say, then you can film me and, and tag along. Basically. It takes a little while longer to get there though. Was the point. Yeah. They, they, they have a look, uh, maybe another scene or two in there where they're still just trying to like, you know, ask him questions in the car when they're driving back and he won't answer the questions. And you know, it's not until that's true, that's true. they push him finally to his limit that he finally says, okay, you can film as long as you do exactly what I say. And at that point, the movie took a turn in a good way because Hans, the troll hunter character is amazing in this film. Uh, he is. He's definitely like, sometimes we have to, you know, discuss like, oh, well, who is the, who is the strongest actor in this? It's definitely Hans. Yeah, for sure. He, he plays this so straight it's like you know it's all this silly stuff that trolls do apparently and like the you know the rules for why they go after the things they do and how they are and he just says it all in the most serious like you know uh like of course it's this way kind of tone just somebody who's like you like, could believe it you know like, like, like someone like, who's really an expert like somebody who has seen everything that the the world of trolls has to offer and he's bored with it. Like imagine if he was a bear hunter and he was an expert at bears. It's like that level of someone who was like doing a documentary about bears. He was that level of smart about trolls. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, there was one time when he was talking about the, you know, the difference between the younger trolls and the older trolls. And it's like, well, how long do they live? And he's like, Oh, a thousand to 1200. And it's, at that particular scene, they were having breakfast and he's got his glasses on in one of the few times and he's got kind of a grizzled beard and messy hair and he's got the, the sweater and it's just like, you're listening, you're just like, you're just like watching like a burnout bored college professor just talk about something that he's talked about way too many times right? that he's just sick of. And here's the thing, like he could have told me, he could have told me that like trolls made waffles out of like a particular tree sap. And I just would have believed him. I yeah. would have been like, well, absolutely they do. Of course they do. Right. And that's just kind of the way that the film develops too, because they introduce, you know, little things first, like there's the smell and they've got the, the trolled. Oh yeah. 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 The, on the first outing. So let's talk about the, the first outing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Where they're the all first, together. Right. The first time where they're going with them. Yes. Not just like creeping up on them. So they make, uh, he makes them go and wash themselves in the Creek and then rub troll stink all over them. She has this ball of like, it looks like sweat and fat and hair. It's just nasty. And they have to rub it all on them to to make troll scent so that they they aren't found. And and mask their own odor as well. So one of the main rules about going after trolls, like the first thing he mentions is he's like, you can't be a Christian or believe in God because they can smell it. They can smell that Christian blood. The Christian blood. So they have to, you know, yeah, make sure that none of them are, you know, God-fearing people. And they all swear up and down that they absolutely are not. And they get the troll stink on them. And that's, you know, all they need to go into the woods. And they go trucking off. So we find that the, the, the thing we had seen early in the film that was like looked like lightning was actually has a giant UV light cannon, basically. Yeah, Hans, he doesn't carry, he doesn't, I mean, he has a gun, he has like a shotgun or rifle, but that's not really his weapon of choice. His weapon of choice is ultraviolet light. Yeah. 
because we find out later that these trolls have a calcium uh, vitamin. Okay, they have a vitamin D deficiency. Right. And their body does not react well to ultraviolet light. And they can either explode or turn to stone depending on the age of the uh, of the uh, particular troll. So the younger trolls tend to just explode. Right. Uh, the older trolls, because of their bone density and because they're just, I think their, their vascular chambers are smaller or something, it just can't handle what's going on. It's just a, the way that the veterinarian explained it was great. It was beautiful. And like, I think you were conditioned because... Earlier on, he kept telling you like things that sounded silly that then like were true. So by the time you got to the pseudoscience, it was like, well, of course they have a vitamin D deficiency and the calcium hardens in their bodies. Like, of course that makes sense. Of course it makes sense. So that yeah. that was really, I think that was really good as far as they, they were able to marry the traditional ideas about trolls, which I had heard that before about trolls turning into stone uh, with kind of like a... a modern pseudoscience to go along with it. So they find this first troll. He's able to lure out this first troll that we see. And it is a three headed troll. And we see a lot of it in night vision Mm -hmm. and they don't show you the whole troll right away. They kind of make you, they give you a glimpse of it here and there. And then they give you a couple of decent shots, but they don't just, Reveal everything right away, which is a nice little touch. Mm-hmm. And uh, he chases them around and they all kind of freak out a little bit. And we we see in action the uh, the UV lights on the car really get this thing and, and just completely solidify it. Yeah, he's got like he's got those lights on the on the top rack of the car. So like when he, he lures it back to the car and hits the switch, it just floods the whole area. Just full on UV blast. It's like almost like living in Florida. <laughs> we would be safe from trolls here. That's we all would I can be say. absolutely. There's n- no respite. So, uh, so, so it turns into stone, and then they all are just kind of shocked and like just watching it because really, in the first time they they were in the woods, they didn't really see it, so they still weren't 100 percent sure. Like they were just going along with like, them. Yeah, like they just think they think they think that Hans is full of shit, and he's just having a good laugh at them. And but now it's real. But now it's real. Because they've seen it. It's like this, you know, this guy, it's like the Norwegian version of Sasquatch, I guess. And this troll we should mention was like, I don't know how tall, how 15 feet, 20 feet. I mean, it was, I'd say 40 or 50 feet. It was up in the trees. I mean, it, it, it was, it was a good 50 foot troll, okay. I would say with three heads. And here's the interesting thing about three heads. So the younger ones have one head. Right. And then as they grow older, uh, more heads grow and they're not true heads. They're really more almost like camouflage to like scare off other trolls and, or to attract a, uh, a mate. So you can tell the younger trolls versus the older trolls versus how many, uh, how many heads they have, but also there are different subtypes, right? You've got like a, I know you have like the mountain, Mountain mount- King. You have the mountain king trolls. You have the woodland trolls. And the then they even have troll. some. They even have some like subgroups from there. So it's a you know the tosser lad or something. Tosser lad is oh I think the tosser lad was the first one. Yeah. 
I can't remember. Oh, man, I and wish then I... it was like a ring something. Yeah, the I, I, second one, the one they were looking for was like a, a Ringler. Or something. Yeah, and then it was like a Jotland or something. Yes. Like is the big one. I'm probably getting that wrong, but yeah. I should have written this down. But they were really yeah. looking for a different troll. So this one that they find in the woods is not the one that the troll hunter is looking for. It's not the one he was looking. It for. Just happens to be another troll. So we kind of find out through their their next day as they you know are far. Well, actually, they they knock it over too. Which shows what the troll hunter does. So he, he just takes a sledgehammer to it to knock it down and then plants dynamite all over it and puts these like blast pads on top of it and just blows up the rocks to make gravel. And that's how they dispose of the trolls because they're just rock at that point. Because we haven't quite mentioned this yet, but it's important to note that the general public in Norway is absolutely unaware that trolls exist. Right. So our buddy Hans is part of like a very elite and very singular organization to control and contain uh, the trolls, which uh, we also find out too, normally stay within a certain territory or have territories and they're normally are left alone, but now they're spreading and we don't know why. Yeah. And it turns out that the guy they interviewed earlier, it was from like the, the wildlife, you know, conservation movement or whatever group is actually in on it because he shows up at the site in his car and uh you know he's the contact for like you know yeah i take care of the troll we need to cover it up and all that kind of stuff so it's the other thing i do like about this movie and this kind of brings up is that this like shadow organization that's controlling the trolls isn't like you would have in movies if like if this was american movie it would be some stupid like men in black kind of agency but this is literally like some guys running around in the woods just like like in, doing things by the skin of their teeth. In bad health, middle-aged, balding. Um, Very little oversight, like sketchy, you know, the, the guys that bring in the bear because they, they're, they have to pin it on a bear that, you know, killed whatever this troll actually killed. They can't let people think that it's something else. And it, it is great because, you know, because early in the film you see like this ridiculous, you know, fake dead bear. With its tongue all hanging out. And you get a bunch of like Polish guys show up in a van for like paint supplies. And they pull out like the same ugly dead fake bear. And it's hilarious. I mean, it's it's obviously fake in real life. But I think in the movie, yeah, it's supposed to be an actual dead bear. Right. And it just, it just cracked me up. And it's and also too like the kind of guys that they hire out. <laughs> You know, these Polish guys who just, they don't know why they're doing it. They don't right. really care. They're, they're just, just like, they're getting paid they're, for, to, to smuggle a bear in. Like, okay, whatever. Here we go. Here, it's a Russian bear. You know, so, and then Finn, the, uh, Finn's the guy who he, he's the, he's Hans's, uh, I guess, overseer for, for the, uh, the troll regulation. And he's just paying him like crap money. Cause it's like, that's a crappy bear. <laughs> the it's the wrong well it's oh. not a native bear so oh, i wanted the good quality bear they're trying know? to explain things way easily and and everything keeps going wrong where they have to like come up with explanations that don't really make sense yeah and those are pretty entertaining so it's it's pretty funny and i just think it's like it's funny how it it's like this organization that's not run well and it's not you know it, it's just kind of fun and you find out too that Hans is the only actual troll hunter in the entire country. Right. Which I, I guess when they, you know, the trolls stay where they're supposed to, it's not so bad. But when you got to chase them all over the place, that gets old pretty quick. Mm-hmm. 
And he, uh, you know, he even agrees at one point to let them film because he's like, you know, I don't get hour, I don't get night bonuses, I don't get, you know, he's he's basically no hazard pay, you know, no nuisance pay. I think is is one thing he said. Right. You know, this is a man who's not happy with his, with his career at this point, and you you kind of feel for him. You know, I mean, he he's driving around in a dumpy trailer, you know, hunting down trolls. Well, and he doesn't even get hazard pay. And kind of around that point, too, you start getting the sense that, like, uh, he doesn't like doing it either. You know, this is this is something he does for, for you know, the safety of other people. But uh, the, apparently this, like, it's not that he just goes around the country hunting trolls. It's that these trolls have escaped their confined area. So there's an area of the country that the government has said, this is going to be where the trolls are, and we're going to keep them there. They can live and do whatever they want to do, but it doesn't affect humans. We just don't want them to know, and they would, don't want them to get hurt or anything like that. So we kind of start getting the feeling that, you know, he doesn't like doing this, and this is unusual. This is like an outbreak, not a, um, like, just a thing he does on, on regular occasions. And he also talks about, too, how back in the 70s, I think it was the government or somebody wanted to drill a bunch of tunnels into some mountains. A lot of trolls live in mountains and it caused an outbreak of trolls. And he had to go in and kill a bunch of pregnant trolls and children trolls. And you can tell like he's still kind of scarred by that. And he's been stuck doing this ever since. Yeah. He's kind of been pushed to his limit. And And like all of this added so much texture to his character. Like it was already good, but it kept getting better. Yeah, I mean, he really was a very rich character, and he, uh, you know, a lot of little details, like in his trailer, you know, just drawings and newspaper clippings, and one nice thing, too, about this film, it was, so it was, so supposedly, you know, these, all of these, the found footage is from 2008, uh, you don't see the internet anywhere in here, really, it's, you see cell phones, and you see the video cameras, of course, but you don't have all of that immediate connectivity that we have now, mm-hmm. which is really nice because the internet would completely ruin this film. And it's only like, you only see Hans call uh, Finn and then the the college people calling for a camera person. Yeah. And that's the only time you see anyone use a phone. So it's like very hands-off on technology. You know, they're they're doing this project and they almost don't expect, I guess, that it's... You know, they're surprised that they're able to do what they're doing. Oh, absolutely. So a little bit back to the plot. So, you know, so the kids, you know, join, they join uh, Hans on a couple of uh, little expeditions. They they go to, they find a bridge troll and they deal with that. And there's a great little scene where he dresses up like the, the Black Knight from uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I mean, he looks, you know, same kind of helmet and everything. And then uh, there's another scene where they go into a cave and there end up being a bunch of trolls that show up with ridiculously phallic noses. I mean, it was just preposterous. And we find out in the cave scene that one of them lied about being Christian. Yeah, they get in a situation where they're stuck and they can't leave. They, they've backed into a corner where they're safe, but they also can't get out. And then the trolls are just in sleeping. They have to, you know, try to make it through the night or, you know, through the day, I guess, for when the trolls are going to leave again. And uh, the one of them's freaking out because he's a Christian and he hasn't told anyone. 
And he's like just rubbing the uh, the scent, the stank all over him. But they run out. He uses it all up, and he's still freaking out. So he's sweating, and you know his smell is is starting to to get out. And uh, of course, then the, the the trolls notice, and they they have to make a, a run for it, and they almost get there. But alas, our uh, cameraman Cal call camera at Christian dude. He hands up, he ends up biting it and they, uh, they lose him. And there's a really great scene in, in the aftermath outside of the cave where you, you're looking at the rest of the, uh, the cast just talking about it through this really cool, you know, cracked glass. That was just a very nice little scene that they set up there. The way that they composed that shot. I like that a lot. And then, uh, you know, Hans offers to, you know, hey, if you guys want to, you know, go back home or leave, you know, here, I'll, I'll, I can take you to this place. And instead, they just decide to continue. And then they somehow magically just got another camera person. Yeah, they called their school and just got another person to come. Which is kind of amazing, actually. And didn't tell them what, what it was actually happening. Or the fact that their previous cameraman is dead. Right. I thought that was funny. So, uh, so that's where Malika shows up. And uh, she's Muslim. Not Christian. And Hans is like, I don't know. We're just going to have to see if that's going to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> they're just they're figuring stuff out as they go along. Yeah, they really don't know. You know, even the experts like, yeah, well, that's a new one. Yeah. You know, and I guess in Norway, it would be. Yeah. So at this point, we find that it's, there's actually an electrical grid that's that's containing the trolls. They've built a circular electric grid that looks like normal power lines. But it doesn't doesn't go anywhere. It just keeps the trolls from getting out. So they go there to the the like substation to see where the electricity's down, so they can figure out where the trolls are coming from. And they they find you know find which place it is and and go looking for evidence. And uh, they have like a, a a cabin they can go to and just kind of stake it out and see what's what's going on. And. Uh... Leading up to this, uh, earlier in the film, Hans was uh, tasked with getting a blood sample mm. from one of the trolls, which he succeeded at at the bridge scene. Right. When he was dressed up in his goofy getup. And they find out that that troll had rabies. Mm-hmm. And that uh, they kind of posit that rabies has spread through the troll culture, if and- you will. Or not really a culture, but the troll... Uh, those particular ones that had been yeah, around each other. The ones that had all been around each other and in groups. And so they think that all of the trolls, that's why they're breaking out because they're rabid. Right. Because if in normal circumstances, they would not go towards the electricity. And they just don't care right now. And then uh, also uh, Thomas, the the host of, of the camera crew, you know, he was injured by a rabid troll. And now he may well have rabies as well. Which I'm pretty sure, that, I mean, don't we all get inoculations for, for that, typically? I don't think. Oh, yeah, 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 there's shots. Yeah, there's shots, you know, like Tdap, or does that cover that, or do you have to get a special rabies shot? I think, I think, I don't know, honestly. It's worth that wondering. might be a special one. There might be. Shows how much I know. I know I just, that's when just... you have to get right away, because if, if rabies takes over, there's no cure, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oof. It's one of those things you got, like you have to get taken care of right away. I have something new to look up later, I guess, huh? Yeah. I, I need I need to learn a little more about rabies. Yeah. Rabies is one of those things where 
once it like sets in, there's no there's no fix for it. There's no turning back. Yeah. So they go out into the middle of nowhere, do this electrical grid, and they they have the the final standoff with the like a giant two hundred foot troll. They finally manage to you know uh, vanquish this troll. He was like the big one that he was. Uh, Hans was looking for the whole time. It's like 200 feet tall. 200 feet tall. Just massive. Ugly as hell. And uh, anyway, they eventually end up victorious. But then Finn and all of his, some of his goons, they show up and, you know, in, in a way that you pointed out earlier, like, my, uh, well, during the film, about how uh, another little Monty Python-ish moment where they... You know, the movie ends with just, you know, oh, the cops showing up and just taking the cameras and stuff. Right. And that's basically the end of that film. And we knew at the beginning, because it was a found footage film, we were going to end up somewhere like this. Yeah. So, I mean, that wasn't a surprise. It was not a very satisfying ending, I admit. But that's, you know, you also saw it coming a mile away. Yeah. You know, something like that. I think they wrapped it up well enough, uh, you know. But it was kind of like it was exactly like the the Holy Grail ending. Yeah, and it, and it was very sudden too. It was just that was the end of the footage. The footage ends there, and there's no more. Blah 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 blah. And there's more text, and it's like yeah, whatever. Well, and they have a little stinger where they have uh, they took footage of the prime minister, and dub, you know when they pan away a little bit, they dub you know that oh he accidentally gave the information that there is trolls, and they've photoshopped the the Finn. Finn's yeah. face onto one of the aides next to him. Yeah, that was, was pretty, a nice little scene. Yeah, that was that was a funny little part. So All right. So, so uh, first of all, I think the thing we should talk about, I don't think we stressed enough during this film is that one of the, the okay, we we already we already said we really liked Hans, he's the best character. The true best character in this film was Norway. Oh my god. So I I know that Norway is a beautiful country. Uh my my partner talks often about how she'd love to go there someday. I, Norway is definitely like the a close second in the cast. Just absolutely gorgeous shots of the the beautiful landscape there. I mean, even the small little towns, the lakes or fjords, the mm-hmm. mountains, the trees, the moss covered hills. I mean, there is not one ugly part of Norway that I saw. Yeah. I mean, even the roads are beautiful and, uh, it's worth watching this film just for beautiful shots of Norway alone. And, uh, yeah, thank you for reminding me about that because that is such a huge part of this film. They find ways to really emphasize it too. Like, especially when they change, you know, they go through a number of different, uh, kind of biomes. You know, we start in the woods down by the water, by, I don't know if it's a river or lake or whatever it is. But then you know, we, we, we keep moving upward. You know, we get to more mountain rocky areas. We get finally to the snow-covered areas. And uh, they really just go everywhere. You get a huge variety of, of topography and geography there. And uh, it's just all stunning. Mm-hmm. It, it, I absolutely would love to go someday and just kind of walk around, look for my own bridge troll. I think you're really added to because like a film like this, if you had done it somewhere else, that didn't have such interesting scenery. I think it definitely made this movie more interesting, you know, because I, like I said, coming in, I had a chip on my shoulder against this because I don't like found footage films that much. So it kind of softened my, my, my outlook on it. Like, 
I mean, you and I had a genuine moment of contemplation of like, are we going to like keep watching this? Or are we going to shut this off? Yeah. I mean, within the first like, like 10 seconds. I wasn't joking. Like I was like, can, can we do this? Like, can we do this? Yeah. <laughs> is it worth it? Well, to date, we have not turned a film off once we've started it. So, That's true. I mean, I don't think we can quite start now. We are hardy folk and uh, we, we know there'll come a day where there'll be something really bad, but we'll, we'll watch it. We'll watch it. We'll just, we'll just stomach it. Uh, yeah, so great. So, so along with the great shots of just the landscape and everything and just some of the good setup shots that they did, um, the sound editing in this was really good. And that's, mm. we, we talk often about like soundtrack or music. Um, we never really talk about the actual like sound editing in the films, which maybe we should talk, talk about a little more moving forward. Yeah. Especially it, movies like this where there's no music, but the sound is great. There's music like on the car radio in the background. And that's all the music that you get. And it's all, you know, Norwegian stuff that you're not going to recognize anyway. So you really are paying more attention to, you know, the sound of the the machines, the sound of the vehicles, the sound of nature, um, and the sound of the trolls mm-hmm. when they're making like heavy breathing noises, when they're growling, when they're moving through the forests. Um, the sound design was fantastic on this, I thought. Absolutely. The sound of the, the UV light gun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because uh, I remember the first time that we see the flashing in the sky. And I'm like, you know, I made some smart ass comment about, oh, no, they're they've they busted out like the big lamp, you know, but they really did. And they showed <laughs> you the lamp. And I'm like, and then they said why they use the lamp. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes perfect sense. Exactly. Now. It's like so, I mean, everything within the movie made sense. You it, know, it, it all tied in really well. And, uh, the only, the only thing that I would say like would be, okay. So, so any film about giant trolls, <laughs> the thing I found most unbelievable was that they were able to get a second camera person to replace the first one who died. That for me is the most unbelievable part of this film. Yeah. The rest of it, I'm just like, well, yeah, of course, that's that's what's going to happen with See, that. Maybe they should have just had a second camera person from the start so that one could die and they just have another one. That would have been a little more believable, you know, because it's not like, I mean, how well funded is this college expo- expedition? Mm-hmm. You know, it's three people with a little bit of money for some lodging and some supplies. But I mean, they're not, I mean, judging by the vehicle that they had that got completely torched. Yeah. I would not say it was an incredibly well-financed uh, shoot. Definitely agreed. Definitely poor college kids, you know, just chasing a story for, for whatever reason. And they didn't even know the, the replacement either. Like when Malika shows up, they asked her like, well, well, what's some of the other stuff that you filmed? I mean, they, you know, she, they apparently knew her only by name or reputation or she was just who happened to be available who was able to be sent out. Mm-hmm. So for me, like that, just that it would be the biggest plot hole. And it's worth mentioning too. She's not used like she, you know, she has her scene where she's introduced and that she's a Muslim and that's it. She's not, I mean, she, she's just the camera person for the rest of the film. And, uh, and ultimately they bring her in because, so the first, the first camera guy dies and his, his camera gets smashed. It still works, but the, the, you know, the the glass is broken. And I think they really just did that just to have that. They wanted to have that shot. And that effect for a little bit. They needed a reason to justify that effect. And then they needed a reason 
to get the found footage back to looking like good quality. So you're not staring through the rest of the film through a broken camera. Right. So it was a very, definitely a very functional utilitarian uh, move that they did there. I think a tidier reason since you don't, they didn't bring her on to be another character is to have another camera in the car, like, and have, have a second, another person that had been there all along, you know, but they probably just didn't, they wanted to have as few people as possible. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it, well, yeah. Cause I mean, only so many people fit in the vehicle too. Right. And also too, like if you added another, another camera person that really adds to the complexity of all of the other, Story. you know, the, you know, just the character movements and the blocking and everything else. And, you know, especially when they're out in the woods and everything. Yeah. Just more lines you have to write, more stuff you have to consider. I mean, it worked so, fine. It just, it did stand out a little bit as like, okay. It we're was. Just, we're it getting w- another camera. It was perfectly fine. But yeah, it was kind of like a, mm. and that's really my only gripe about this film. <laughs> uh, thoroughly enjoyed it otherwise, you know, and even that's, that's not even a non-issue for me. It was just like, oh, they found a very convenient way to, to get us a new camera. So we can keep on rolling, yeah. quite literally. And even like a little, there, I think there's a little fat that could have been trimmed in in the travels between places because we did have a lot of that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, it's just more Norway and it's all beautiful. So it's not, you know, to have to, to wait through that to get to something happening isn't really that big of a deal. You never really get bored with what's going on. Uh, there were a couple of mo- a couple of times early on in the film. I was kind of wondering like, well, when are we going to quite get to the point here? But the way that they build it up though, I think was actually really effective. They don't give you everything all at once. Mm -hmm. They kind of tease it out a little bit. They take their time, which as an impatient, stupid American, I think I'm just not used to anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely nice to get that experience again. And also too, like those moments where, you know, it's just Hans just talking a little bit and they're asking questions like there's not really any wasted dialogue for mm. the most part. I mean, it's it's all topical, it's all relevant to what's going on. And listening to Hans talk about things, you know, like you really do feel like you're getting like an inside scoop on something and it keeps your attention. Yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier, but as soon as Hans starts speaking, this movie really comes to life. It really does. Yeah, once once he goes from being like this mystery figure to a full part of the film. Yeah. It definitely, yeah, definitely. It takes, takes it up a few notches. Cause up until that point, I liked the movie. Okay. But that really is what, what put it up there for me. Oh, absolutely. So this film was made on a budget equivalent to three and a half million us dollars. And I've seen so many more films made with so much more money that didn't really come close. You know, all of the acting is solid. The The filming is solid. Uh, the way the story flows is solid. I mean, it was a very well done film. Yeah. All that, around. That budget was very well spent. I don't, they, they didn't waste a dime. The, the special effects were good enough. You know, it's not like some other movies we've seen where they cheaped out. You oh, know? big time, yeah. Because uh, they, well, here's the thing. So the other films of a similar nature may rely heavily on the CGI mm-hmm. and the effects. This one only used it when absolutely necessary. Yeah. Only the trolls pretty much. And only when necessary. Yeah. Because you don't, you only see the trolls when you really need to see the trolls. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a great scene where they're trying to get past the, the, the large troll at the end. 
And they're like going under his legs to try to get in front of him. And you see like a foot and a tail and everything. And it was, that was genuinely really well done. It was well animated. It didn't look fake. It didn't look stupid. Mm-hmm. And I was getting Star Wars vibes from like, like going oh, under at, a walker. At, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Same thing. It was just, and it gave, you know, it gave you a slight feel of heebie-jeebie, you know? It was, mm-hmm. it was good tension through the film and good suspense. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, I guess we can both say that we definitely uh, agree to recommend this film. I do recommend you it. Definitely it's, check it out. It's got a little bit of different things. You know, it, it does have a little bit of action. Uh, it's mostly just that, like, world building, though. It's, like, the main thing about this movie. You're going on an adventure. Yeah, it just sucks you in. And then you just you just watch. You just want to hang out with some people like troll hunting in, in Norway. You're going to love it. Just soak it up. Thank you for uh, tuning in tonight here at O&M Stockroom with uh, Complimentary Cinema. We're your hosts, uh, Brian McGarry. And Ken O'Malley. Uh, please feel free to check out omstockroom.com for uh, past episodes and links to our Patreon and our Apple uh, playlist as well. And uh, always feel free to recommend uh, films or other comments uh, on our YouTube channel. Let us know what you think or if you see something good that we should check out. Uh, Thank you for listening and we'll be uh, back next Wednesday with an all new episode. (laughs) 